0: Father, we thank you, God. Thank you that we have the privilege to come together and to come before you and we can bring our petitions to you. And You know our needs before we even speak it, God. You're touched by the feelings of our infirmities, God. I pray right now that your presence, God, would go into that operating room there in New Orleans, God, and and guide the hands of those surgeons, God, and, and raise young Cohen up, God, restore his health, God. I pray for our services today that your spirit would move in a mighty and powerful way, God. That we would be open and receptive to what you have for us today, God. And we ask all of these in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you want to turn to the Book of Mark, uh, I'm going to read chapter five from chapter five, verses 25 through 34. And uh, as a disclaimer just want to say that what I'm speaking on today, I do not consider myself an expert or anything, but I just feel like God has given me something, and, and I want to share it with you today. Mark chapter 5, familiar story, uh, beginning in verse 25, says, And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace, and be behold of thy plague. And with the help of the Lord, I'm going to try to talk to you for the Next 30 minutes or so on, five dimensions of faith, five dimensions of faith. <laughs> now, faith, obviously, I'm not the first person to speak or preach on faith, and I will not be the last. Uh, there are many aspects to faith. There are even different kinds of faith. There's saving faith, uh, and then there's faith, the kind of faith that I'm going to talk about today. Um uh, Comes from the Greek word pistis, I believe it is, and the definition is a firm persuasion, a conviction based upon hearing. It is akin to persuade. I find that interesting when it said based upon hearing, seeing how Romans 10 and 17 says, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Someone once said, I believe that faith is the sole currency upon which the economy of the kingdom of God operates. So just like if I want more faith, like if I want more money, I either have to work more hours, get a better paying job, or I got to sell something or invent something, all right, in order to get more money. But more money just don't just come flowing into you. You have to work or do something to get it so if I want more faith and faith comes by hearing the word I guess I need to hear more word (laughs) if my faith account is low that means I ain't been listening to the word or or the preaching or reading the word like I should all right I just want to clarify also that we are not to serve God just to see miracle signs and wonders We are not to serve God solely for the benefits, all right? But there are far too many born-again believers that are still wandering in the wilderness instead of possessing the promises of God. I don't want to live beneath what God has for me. I don't want to wander in the wilderness of life, but I want to cross that Jordan and possess everything that God has for me. We know Hebrews 11 and 6 says that Without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must first believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I want to please God. So in order to please God, I have to have faith. I have to walk in faith. Our actions demonstrate the genuineness of our faith, and conversely, our inaction demonstrates our lack of genuine faith. You see, James says in chapter 2, verse 20, What wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? And I would say you could say faith without action is dead. So we can talk the good talk, but can we walk the walk? Do my actions line up with my words, all right? I am alarmed by how many people I see today that are being controlled by and living in fear. Fear and faith cannot and must not be allowed to cohabitate or coexist in the hearts and minds of believers. You see, fear and faith are like oil and water. They just don't mix. And so if we're going to have faith, if we're going to walk in faith and live by faith, the first thing that we have to do, the first dimension of faith I want to talk about is the dimension of desire. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, in verse 24, Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. If we're going to have faith for something, we have to have a desire. All right? you gotta, God does not respond to need He responds to faith. So we have to have a desire to be healed or have a blessing or have God move in our life. All right? If God solely responded to need, we wouldn't need to have faith. We wouldn't even need to pray. Brother Matt over there would have to find another profession because we wouldn't need doctors and hospitals if God just responded to need. But God responds to faith. Faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. Now the woman in our story here today had this issue of blood 12 years, the Bible says. It is obvious that she had a desire to be healed because verse 26 says that she had spent, suffered many things of many physicians and spent all that she had and was nothing better but only grew worse. Too often, too many people, too many of us are willing to just live with our issues and our situations, all right? We get a comfortable or accustomed to, to living with whatever it is that's, that's holding us back or hindering us when that's not the will of God, all right? So we must have a desire. We must desire God to move in our lives to, for healing for deliverance, whatever it is, we have to have that desire. If you're going to get anywhere in life, you're going to have to have a desire. Michael Jordan didn't become the greatest basketball player of all time by just being nonchalant about it. He had a desire, all right? And so that's the first dimension of faith. We have to have a desire. We have to have something that we want God to do in our lives. We can't just be apathetic and complacent and just oh well if it happens it happens if not oh so be it and so when we have a desire and that desire goes unmet for a while then that desire will give birth to desperation you see when you're desperate you don't care what people think about you <laughs> you'll do whatever it takes Desperate people will do desperate things, all right? When you're desperate, you forget about your pride. I wonder how much our pride sometimes gets in the way of us receiving our miracles, our healings, our deliverances, whatever it is. That pride, that root of sin that was in Satan You see, desperation creates a willingness to go to extraordinary lengths to see our desires fulfilled. After 12 years of living with this issue, this issue of blood, you see, that issue had caused her to be ceremonially unclean. It had caused, that was a hindrance to her worship. Because being ceremonially unclean, having this issue, she wasn't allowed to go to the temple. She wasn't allowed to bring those sacrifices. I don't want to let anything, any issue that would hinder my worship to God, I don't want to just just live with it and just become accustomed to it. But I want to seek, I want to desire, I want to have desperation for God to work in me and, 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 and deliver me. You see, at some point, you just have to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. You become desperate. I pray that God would baptize each and every one of us with the spirit of desperation. It seems like the, there's a spirit of apathy in America. and our culture today, it's just whatever goes, it doesn't matter. But I want to be desperate and hungry for the things of God. I want to see God move in our cities, in our churches, and in our towns, and in our country. I don't want to go lackadaisical or, or just content with the status quo. But I want to have a, de- a desire and a desperation for God to move in these last days. And so, when you have desire and then you have desperation, that will lead to determination. Desire and desperation give birth to determination. You see, it took desperation and determination for her to press through that crowd that day to touch, to touch Jesus. You see, if you look at the, the context of this story, Jesus had just gotten back from, he just came across the lake. He had been over to the land of the Gadarenes. He had healed the, delivered the demoniac of Gadara. He gets back, and when he gets onto to the shore, Jairus or Jairus, the the ruler of the synagogue, comes to him and says, hey, my daughter's sick, can you come heal her? And so this story that I read today, it takes place as Jesus is on the way to heal Jairus' daughter, you know. But see, when you have a desire and you're desperate and you're determined, it doesn't matter. You're, You're willing to upset the apple cart and to put a stop to the program and say, hey, I know, I know you have a need, but I have a need too, Jesus. I know you gotta you gotta be somewhere, but I need you to touch me or I need to touch you. When you're desperate and determined, nothing, nothing will stop you from getting to Jesus and receiving whatever it is you desire. I wanna be desperate. I wanna be determined. Alright. I don't want to give up. I don't want to let just something, any little old thing, hinder me or stop me or or get me discouraged. Alright? Not gonna give up. You see, like I just said, told about the story of the demoniac. When you're desperate and determined, not even a legion of demons can keep you from getting your deliverance. The Bible, a legion was at least four to six thousand. That man was possessed of four to 6,000 demons, but when he saw Jesus, they couldn't keep him because he knew that's my answer. That's my deliverance. Nothing's going to stop me. Hallelujah. When you have a desire and you're desperate and determined, you don't have the time or the luxury to become offended. Matthew chapter 15 tells the story of the the Syrophoenician woman. Beginning in verse 21, the Bible says that Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy upon me, O Lord. Thou son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But he answered her, not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. Now, a lot of us, maybe myself included, would, have had, would have, maybe would have got offended right there. Jesus ignored her. <laughs> Can you imagine, Bishop, if someone came up to you and you just brushed them off and ignored them and acted like they didn't? Okay? (laughs) All right. The disciple said, Send her away, for she crieth after us. And he answered and said, I'm not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. See, she was determined. She was determined. It didn't bother her. Then came she and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. She's got a desire, she's desperate, she's determined. But he answered, so finally he acknowledges her and said, it is not me to take the children's bed and cast it to the dogs. Now, this is the second time he's done ignored her, and then he's just kind of said, hey, you're not from the house of Israel, all right? All right? It's not, it's not your time yet, okay? But she did not let that deter her because she had a desire She was desperate, and she was determined. And so she said, Truth, Lord. Yet, the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. That got Jesus' attention. See, she knew how to get his attention. First, she worshipped him. (laughs) That's a good start. If you want to get Jesus' attention, just start worshipping. Start worshipping. It's like my... It's like my, my mentor, Brother Jerry Rollins, used to say. It's pretty simple. Just tell Jesus how good he is and how bad you've been. <laughs> you know, you know we complicate things. It's just, God, I've been bad. I, I, I'm this and I'm that. But you're good. You're good. So she gets his attention then, and he says, watch this. There's only, I think, two times that Jesus says this. He answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. I believe it was this lady and the the Roman centurion that he told Jesus, you don't even have to come to my house to speak the word. I think those are the only two times that Jesus said someone had great faith. And neither one of them were Israelites. You know, my dad did hospital ministry for, I don't know, 10, 15 years. And uh, God used him in the gifts of healing and the gifts of faith. And he saw many miracles happen and healings take place. And, you know, one time he said, you know what? It seems like more people that aren't Pentecostal and apostolic get their healing than that are apostolic. You know, the Baptists, the Catholics, the Methodists, seem like they... Had more faith for their healing than apostolics. So I was like, "Why is that?" Okay, we of all people should have faith like anybody, more than anyone, because we got this, we got this spirit in us. All right, we should have the gift of faith. You see, when you're de- when you got a desire, when you're desperate, and when you're determined. You refuse to take no for an answer. You don't get discouraged when your answer doesn't come right away. There's a Luke chapter 18 has a story, one of my favorites. It says he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Don't quit praying. Don't give up. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. What Jesus is saying is sometimes you just got to keep asking, you got to keep seeking. You got to keep knocking," he told the parable about the man who had a visitor come at midnight, and he didn't have any bread. And so he goes to his neighbor and said, "Hey neighbor, I got a visitor come. I need some bread." And the neighbor says, "I've already shut the door. The kids are asleep." He said, "But because of his importunity, because of his refusal to say no, he said he'll 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 get up and give him some bread." So sometimes we just got to have what this lady has, what I call bulldog faith. All right? They say, what's bulldog faith? Well, you know, the, they say a pit bull, when it latches on to something, good luck getting it to let go. All right? They say you got to get fire to its nose or whatever. And so we need to have bulldog faith. We need to latch on to the promises of God and not let go. Come on, we need to be like Jacob when he wrestled with the angel of God that says, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. Got to be determined we want to see our desire we got to be desperate we have to be determined and then when you are desperate and we are are determined then you will begin to declare the fourth dimension of faith is declaration you see in verse 27 of our story says when she heard of Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment for she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. In Mark chapter 7, in the story of the Syrophoenician woman, it says in verse 27, But Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled, for it is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. And she answered and said unto him, Yea, Lord, yes, Lord. Yet the dogs under the table eat the crumbs, the children's crumbs, and he said unto her, For this saying, go thy way; the devil is gone out of that daughter. In Mark chapter eleven, Jesus himself said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Brother Looney preached on this last year, when he, I think it was the miracle in your mouth, the miracle in your mouth. When you have a desire and you're desperate and you're determined, then you start to declare what it is you want. You start to speak in it by faith. Can you put Proverbs chapter 18:21 up there for me? I can quote this scripture but I need to get it from here into my heart because sometimes I don't have this down, but if we could just get this scripture, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. I'm afraid that too many of us sometimes abort the blessings of God and assassinate the answers to our prayers the words we speak. Sometimes God wants to bless us, but instead of speaking faith, we speak fear and doubt, and we and we destroy what God wants to do in our lives. And so it's one thing to speak faith. But you know, sometimes the, the old saying says, Actions speak louder than words. Mark chapter 10, we get into verse 46, is the story of good old blind Bartimaeus. All right, we don't even know his name. He's just Bartimaeus just means son of Timaeus. It says, as they came to Jericho, and he went out to Jericho with his disciples a great number of people. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the wayside begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, "Jesus, thou Son of David, have mercy on me." And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal, "Jesus, thou Son of David have." Mercy. You see, when you've got a desire and you're desperate and you're determined, you're not going to let anybody keep you from getting Jesus' attention. You're willing to just not care what anybody thinks and say, you know what I got to have? I gotta have my miracle. I gotta have my answer. All right. And so he gets Jesus' attention because he doesn't listen to the naysayers that are telling him to be quiet. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of wet blankets (laughs) that try to put fires out, but you gotta have that that resolve that it doesn't matter what people think of you, whatever you gotta do to get Jesus' attention, I'm gonna do it. Come on. And Jesus stood still, commanded him to be called. They called the blind man, saying unto him, be of good comfort. Rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And I believe Bishop has talked about this before. You see that casting away of his garments, Even though blind Bartimaeus didn't speak anything, those actions right there spoke louder than any words. Because in that culture, in that time, your garments said who you are, all right? And when blind Bartimaeus got up and threw those beggarly garments off, what he was really saying is, I may be a blind beggar right now, but all that's about to change. I don't need these old garments anymore. That's why Paul said, we got to put off that old man. We're not the same person we were before. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. We can't be living under that old tag and that old stigma. So we have to have a desire. We have to be desperate. We have to be determined. And we have to declare, declare what it is that we desire. The last dimension of faith I want to talk about is, is duty. Now you say duty. Well, I really want to, it's obedience, but that didn't go with the five D's. So I looked up synonyms and duty is a synonym for obedience, okay? All right. I want it to be, you know, five D's, okay? All right. Sometimes, sometimes all you got to do is have enough faith to obey, all right? If you just got enough faith to obey, it's like when Peter and them had been fishing, they hadn't caught anything all night, and Jesus said, cast your nets on the other side. And Peter goes, Lord, we fished all night, nevertheless, at thy word. What he was saying is, hey, Jesus, you stick to the healing and the miracles, and I'm the fisherman, You know, I think I know what I'm doing, but nevertheless, at thy word, all right? It's like the ten lepers. He said, go and show thyself to the priest. It took faith because they weren't healed then. The Bible says, as they obeyed, as they went, they were healed, all right? The blind man at the pool of Siloam. Jesus makes some mud balls and puts on his eyes and says, "Go wash and pull us along." Now that took faith. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes we have to obey even when it doesn't make sense, when it flies in the face of logic and reason and science. All right. Lazarus, he's dead four days. Those Jews believe that after four days your spirit. They believe your spirit hung around for about three days, but after that fourth day, it was gone. They said, Lord, surely he stinks by now. In other words, he's already starting to decay. But yet, they obeyed, and they rolled the stone away, and Jesus brought forth Lazarus. The story of the widow and Elijah, all right? There's a famine. The widow has got just enough meal and oil to make one cake for her and her son. She, she said, we're going to eat and we're going to die. All right? It's that bad. And from what I know, she didn't, she didn't know Elijah from Adam. Okay? And he says, okay, but make me a cake first. That took faith. She obeyed the man of God, though. You see, sometimes all we got to do is have enough faith to obey even when it doesn't make sense, and even if we don't obey. If we have a desire, if we're desperate, if we're determined, and we declare, and we obey, then that's the five dimensions of faith that we can walk in. I want you to notice that in all of these incidences, Jesus said unto all the individuals, Thy faith hath made thee whole. Thy faith. And they demonstrated their faith by their actions and their words. We can't just say, oh, I believe, I believe. Our actions and our talk. You know, we can't come to church and say, I believe God for this. And then Monday morning, well, I just don't know what's going to, you know. The Bible says the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And he won't get anything from God. All right? God, help us to be single-minded and to stay the course. You see, our words and our actions must demonstrate genuine faith if we want to receive. We got to walk the walk and talk the talk. Our actions must align with our words. Bishop is about to come. I believe that God's wanting to do some mighty things in this place today. I believe he wants us to experience every one of these dimensions of faith. All right? I don't know about you, but I faith, I see faith as a muscle, all right? It's like your brain or these or your biceps. If you want if you you're right, you got to exercise it. If you want it to grow and become stronger, it's not going to happen by just laying around on the couch eating potatoes and watching LSU and Nebraska lose again. You know? <laughs> you know? We got to put our faith into action, and we're going to do that today, Bishop.
1: Praise God! Certainly appreciate Pastor Danny, the work that he and his wife are doing up in Norfolk. Please keep them in your prayers, Amen. A great work is going on there, and uh, we're believing and praying that God will open uh, more doors, Amen. That that they can walk through in Jesus' name and open the windows of heaven, amen, upon them, blessing them, and amen. How many of you believe God can do that? Amen. Hallelujah. So, we do support them financially with the monthly partners and missions, uh, but I want us to also support them daily as partners in prayer, amen. You'll see them at Sunday and all of that and Wednesday, but but, you know, stay in touch with them and, you know, follow them on Facebook and pray. And if you got somebody that you know that lives up and around that area, tag them, send them. Amen. i to advance and build the kingdom of God in the earth today. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, in this message today about faith, uh, it, I, I, I've long given up believing that there's coincidences when it comes to God. He does not do things haphazardly. He doesn't flip a coin and, oh, let's see, I think I'll do this today. He plans and sets things in order. It seems coincidental to us or, or sometimes maybe haphazard, but with God, it is set in order. And uh, what we're about to embark upon and do is similar to what we had done with uh, Manuel and Jennifer a few uh, weeks back, and that is uh, extend, uh, according to Galatians, the right hand of fellowship. Uh, to one of our brothers who wants to make TCO their home church we're going to pray for them but it's all about faith it's all about the faith to take that stand to to make that uh, adjustment it's about faith believing the truth and and holding fast to it it's about faith to say I'm going to be faithful so uh, you know not trying to re-preach any of the message but Pastor Danny did a great job all by himself and the Holy Ghost but it's, it's just neat to me how God merges these things together when we're going to do something like this. Amen. So at this time, I'm asking Brother Elvis if he would come. And, um, Brother, you can just stand right down here at the front. And he has uh, made it clear to first praying about it and seeking the, the will of the Lord and then talking to leadership and, and all in his life and wants to make the Church of Omaha his church and we are happy to welcome him in. Amen? Amen. Praise God. I love his spirit. I love his desire. I love that that he loves God. You've seen him he's up here worshiping and praying and and uh, already beginning to connect with with some and so let's make sure that we uh, extend that connection and and fellowship as well. I'm asking the pastoral team if you would come. We're going to gather, Pastor Danny, of you as well. We're going to gather around and pray for him. And as we pray, I would like to ask you to just extend your hands forward and pray blessings upon this young man. Pray, Pray for his health. Pray whatever the Lord leads you to pray. Can we do that together right now in the name of Jesus? Lord, we thank you right now for this young man's life and for his decision today. God, for the path that you've had him on so far, and the path you're going to take him on as he goes further. Lord, we commission him by the Holy Ghost right now, praying for him and anointing him. God, we speak over him your word. We speak over him, God, the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ within his life. God, I pray you would bless him abundantly, exceedingly. Bless him as he goes in and goes out. Bless his finances, Lord. Bless every aspect of his life, God. Raise up within him a a fresh desire to grow and learn. Give him understanding in your word and comprehension, God, as he deepens his walk with you. We believe it and declare it. We claim it and speak it in the name of Jesus, believing right now that it is done, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can we just give the Lord worship and praise. Amen. He was telling me the other night, he says, I'm going to learn English better. And I said, well, good. You can teach me some Spanish. So, Brother Victor, he's going to help me too. I'll, I'll get it down one of these days, man. Paz de Cristo. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. En el nombre de Jesús Cristo. Gloria a Dios. Hallelujah. You know God showed me a vision years ago that this would be a multicultural church and it certainly is and continue and will continue to be. Amen. There's a culture of of reaching to people and loving people. There's a culture of church planting. Amen. I've got a vision to plant 24 churches across the Omaha metro. You say, "Well, can we handle it? Can we handle it? Are you crazy?" In 2023, they're projecting us to hit a million and a half people in the Omaha metro and by 2032 million. I think I think there's plenty of population to go around. Amen. And uh, I'm just excited for what God's doing. We've we've been able to help uh, planting and papillion. They're doing great. They're they're celebrating five years this month. Amen. They've been averaging right around the 60 to 75 mark solid. They've hit a hundred a couple of times uh, but but solid people that are there week in week out right around that 65 70 mark. And, and doing a great work. In fact, in the month of December, I'm going over there. We're preaching a revival. In fact, I'll get you the dates, all that. I don't have them on my phone, whatever, right now. But we're going to go over. It's going to be a Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday. And if you could make it at least one of those nights, Friday or Saturday night, I think it would be a great show of support uh, to them. Amen. And, and many of you remember them when they were here for us, with us for about uh, 18 to 20 months as they worked through that process. Praise the Lord. We've obviously started our French church. And uh, that was also five years ago, this very month. And uh, they're running right around 50 average right now, 55, and doing a great job. And uh, people are getting baptized, getting the Holy Ghost, and God's doing a great work. Amen. While we're up here, they're down there. You ever hear that kind of muffled sound every once in a while? It's like, <laughs> sometimes. Well, that's them having church, too. <laughs> it's a little bit louder from us on them down there. I, I was down there one Sunday, and y'all were just going crazy up here. I'm like, man, the roof is going to fall through. You know? you know? It's not. It's pure steel. But <laughs> anyway, uh, and so we praise God for what he's doing in our French church. Amen. And we're excited. Obviously, we're, we're teaming up with, with um, the Wilsons and excited for what God's going to do and is doing in Norfolk. Amen. It's just going to grow and grow and grow. I believe you got five uh, committed right now and, and a couple of Bible studies. Amen. There's, there's others that they're reaching to. And we're excited about that. Amen? So pray for them and, and, and keep them on your prayer radar. Uh, we're starting to work in Blair. Amen. And we're excited about that. And you're going to hear more about that next Sunday. So let's stand together in Jesus' name. And as we close out this first half, I want us one more time just to lift our voices, our hands, and begin to thank God and praise God for who he is. <laughs> Lord, you're great and greatly to be praised. We love you and thank you, Lord. You're adding to the church. God, you're multiplying disciples. God, we thank you, Lord, for these preaching points and daughter works and churches. God, do a great work through us and in us, and let us accomplish the vision and purpose that you've set us to do. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you after the break. We're going to have a great time in the second half. Amen.